All right, all right. All right, all right. Oh. We're about to get started on YouTube. Unfortunately, the biggest part that I hate about this update system with the widgets is that they don't actually update to the updated version of the live or like whenever I change the YouTube um, description or whatnot, it just doesn't end up like changing what the widget says. Uh, give me a sec. I think you should just be able to join me up here, right? Oh, it says okay. become a speaker. Yeah, I didn't know what oh, it yeah, looked like become. either. Anyhow, uh, this is going to be the fourth Healthy Dialogue podcast. Um, I figured... I didn't do such a great job explaining the first version of of this topic, and so I figured I'd go for it again. Alon decided that he wanted to join me on this on this journey, so um, welcome, Alon. He's hey, actually up? been <laughs> he's he's been an acquaintance for about eight years, and then became like a friend right after like one year of knowing each other. So we've been, I guess, besties since about like seventeen. Something like Besties. that. <laughs> yeah, we've known each other since high school, and it's kind of been on and off in terms of when we see each other or when we spoke. But somewhere along our college journeys, we ended up talking more uh, virtually, and that's that's been sticking ever since. Anyhow... <clears throat> I don't know if you necessarily had an introduction for yourself, but <laughs> or if you had any initial thoughts on on the topic, just general thoughts. Honestly, I'm just willing to dive in. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So, like I said earlier, like the first part, I didn't necessarily. Okay. Usually, I listen to myself again when I go through the podcast material, just to make sure that things aren't don't necessarily go terribly bad. Or if I needed to re-explain stuff or just to see, just get like a gauge of how well I did or how bad I did. Um, I did that for the first two, but for the last one, I just felt like it was such a atrocity that I just needed to put it down and never look back at it again. I kind of figured that, well, I mean, I listened for about like two or three minutes and it was pretty clear that I needed a new microphone. But <sighs> so I ended up getting that this week. Um, mixed reviews on how it sounds. I think it sounds better over OBS, but I think on Discord, my voice, or rather my microphone with my headset, which is what I was using before, ended up sounding, I guess, better over Discord, but not, not through OBS. So hopefully the recording sounds a little bit better now, but we'll see, we'll see. Usually I end up explaining a lot of ideas through um, through like my past experiences and I feel like I just didn't really do that very well uh, through like the first iteration 
because there was a lot that I have to talk about, especially on this topic, but I felt like I kind of went, I think I freeformed without any kind of structure to keep things on track. And that's where I think the second part is necessary because I do actually have a list and that's in the, um, that's in the stage announcements in the discord channel. So, so hopefully this one will go a lot better because we have something to go off of instead of me just babbling about random shit. <sighs> but if we're, I mean, I guess if you want to just go for the Q&A or if there was anything that I said in the last podcast, I don't know how much you watched of the last one. I couldn't tell if I my watched... voice was terrible, <laughs> terrible enough to think, shoot you I away. I think it was fine. I could, I could like turn it down to a volume that was manageable. It was just like, like some peaks of some, uh, like consonants were pretty bad. Right. But it's, it's not like it hurts if you listen to it. But yeah. I, I'm sure it'll be fine now. Anyhow, um, I didn't know if there was anything I said in the last one that stuck out to you in terms of any, like, feedback or, like, dialogue you wanted to create off of those. Um, I can't really remember what I said either. <laughs> and, and maybe I should have rewatched my own stuff. But I could definitely feel some parts of the last video where I was... I could relate, and I don't know if that was you speaking on behalf of yourself or also speaking on behalf of your friends. So <laughs> some parts I'm like, it could be me he's talking about. It could be both of us in our past experiences. But, I suppose. Yeah, I think um, I think us in particular, I feel like we found a similarities between how we've spoken about our past, and I think that's turned out to be a real bonding point between us. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah... I'm guessing there's other people out there who also have found like a similar experience or found like takeaways from their past to provide that sort of um, insight on the experience. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, you know, in total, I thought that whole introductory process would take till about like 420 ish, but we're we're pretty no, ahead lying. of schedule. I mean, I thought I thought things were gonna be like a lot. I don't know. Think I thought things would take a lot slower, but that's okay. I mean, the shortest time span that I had for this was about like we ended at four fifty, so it was okay. about like a fifty minute long podcast or something like that. I I don't know. We'll see how like this Q and A goes because I think. I think there's a lot to be discussed here, and I don't think it'll take necessarily 50 minutes, but I don't think it'll take 20 minutes either. But mm-hmm. we'll see if it, like more dialogue generates. I think it's because I didn't questions. feel like I didn't have a lot to introduce. So <laughs> no, it's good. It's I think good. yeah, we'll run into it during the, the Q and A. Sure. Um, so we don't necessarily have to go through these in order and rather it, it was actually pretty reassuring to hear that you thought these were like deeper questions. I mean, mm-hmm. frankly, I could just be dumb as fuck and, <laughs> and just generate these questions that nobody thinks is important. But um, I don't know. I, to me, I think some of these are important to highlight, but are rather important to talk about. Cause I don't think that everyone like, necessarily thinks about these things when they're when they're going about like the dating world 
and trying to find themselves in in like a romantic uh romantic dimension um so i mean for me and when it comes to dating it's it's like the first question is are you ready for it and what would determine whether or not you're ready for like a relationship in the future um i thought about this one because i'm still kind of in that place in my mind um i think there's indicators that could edge you towards coming to the conclusion that you're ready but i don't think there's any hard definition on like when like the time is now or the time is later and i think that as long as you're in a place where you're not a detriment to someone else, maybe mentally, physically, spiritually, if you have a general sense of, yeah, I kind of have my stuff together, I think I would be leaning towards you're ready. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I think that's pretty accurate. Um, when I take a look at like my past experiences with dating and whatnot, I started dating when I was what, like 13, 14. I mean, it was against like a lot of people's wishes that, that who didn't want to see me do that. But, um, I don't know. I would say for the most part, when you're exploring like how romance is supposed to be, that idea of what romance is, is constantly changing. And so the definition of when you're ready or not is also changing with that and so absolutely you know when you're 13 14 years old you really don't know anything other than you have a bunch of hormones going like ramparting in your mind and you have i guess some desire for companionship and you take a look at your network and you see i guess you rank order like who you're interested in and I guess you pursue like a sense of romantic um, companionship after determining who you think is the best fit for your current conditions. Um, and so when you're like 13, 14, you don't really have anything other than you're just network of people. And so it's in terms of like when you think you're ready, when you're that young, like, of course there's a lot of things to be insecure about, but Usually you're not thinking about how <laughs> how little you're contributing to society at that age, but that definitely mm -hmm. grows into into more of a like contributor contributing role into that, or rather a contributing factor into your own analysis of whether or not you're ready as you get older. So, but I like what you said about if you're not being a hindrance to someone else. Um, and I, and maybe you did touch on this and I just wasn't listening, listening carefully enough, but, um, I think it's the, also like the desire that it's not so much the, well, it's rather on top of the hindrance, not creating a hindrance on someone else for someone else is that they also find you desirable at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. and so I would, I would say like a lot of my relationships in the past started off as someone else finding me desirable, which 
is also overcoming the boundary of, or rather the, the problem of being a hindrance to that person. They don't find me so disgustful that, <laughs> that <laughs> and, and on top of that, they actually find me like romantically interesting. So, um, yeah, I guess I was just willing to accept that level of appreciation and shoot for like a romantic, um, a romantic relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. I think on the subject of being a hindrance, maybe something that could make you lean towards whether or not you're ready is, um, like self-love is important, I think. And not many people fully and wholly love themselves. There's always something we're, we're our worst critic, right? So we're, we're always willing to improve or, uh, like criticize everything we do even when our friends and family may not see the same flaws that we do but i think a general sense of being content or like you know people use this term it's kind of cliche but a willingness to date yourself and understand yourself to a point i think if you have that feeling then i would say you're leaning towards being ready right I guess I have a example of that. Like there was someone on my swim team who like confessed their <laughs> confessed their romantic interests in me, but and when she told me that, I ended up like bringing about like a bunch of self-hatred <laughs> stuff comments in in like return of that. And I could never understand well yeah, I never understood why I did that at the time. I th I thought it was really stupid of me to to reciprocate her sentiment with i suck therefore you shouldn't like me <laughs> and so but it's the same idea it's like i mean i wasn't willing to look past my own flaws and my doubts really controlled me in that moment and you know i was fucked up i was willing to admit i was super fucked up and i didn't want it to i, I thought i wasn't ready for a relationship at that time so I think that also plays with that idea or contributes oh, sure. to that idea. I think, so the only relationship I've ever been in, uh, the, the girl I was interested in at my work at the time a couple of years ago, I, I could see that there was, um, like hints towards be towards being interested, but I don't think she went as far as to confess like your situation did but i i think i psyched myself out so much to the fact that i didn't see myself as a prospective romantic interest and so i tried hooking her up with one of my friends instead as a way of like self sabotage and <laughs> denial um, but it's weird because when you don't feel like you're ready, you sometimes can't see what other people see in you. So, yeah. Would you ever make that same mistake again? Or would you even see that as a mistake? Trying to 
hook her up with my friend yeah, rather than myself to deflect it to somewhere else to deflect i i don't think it depends on how obvious the hints are from that person i'm i'm a pretty oblivious guy a lot of the times so if something like that say that situation were to happen again right now then yeah i would not try and deflect it in that way but uh say something more shallow or maybe harder to interpret her hints i might i might not see it so it's totally possible it could happen again what because... defines a hint uh like flirtatious mannerisms like she was very like physically touchy at work and i'd never experienced that with any other female so i just kind of took it as that's who they were but i didn't realize that when i saw her with other male coworkers, she wasn't very touchy so would you say know. you show appreciation through physical touch and this kind of goes into like love languages a little bit but i know for me that that concept of being touched by someone is pretty foreign and to some degree almost unwelcomed as if <laughs> as it's just like it's not in my list of ways to appreciate or ways that or methods that i understand as appreciation i think okay before the relationship happened i absolutely hated being touched both by friends and by family and well, I'd never have a, had a romantic partner before that. But after the relationship, I'd realized that I do. I just need a little bit of warming up, too. So I think if I were to pursue a relationship nowadays, that would be a facet of appreciation that I could definitely express through. I don't know. You kind of say you change over time, so... Right. <laughs> it's definitely something about me that has changed. So is there a difference in, kind? Of, I guess, the types of appreciation that you can receive based on, I guess, your experiences? What do you mean? So, types? for me, I feel like... Well, yeah, I, I guess in your case, like, physical touch really wasn't on the radar as, mm -hmm. like, some, one of the general like love languages that that you that you speak but it ended up becoming one of them because someone the right person came along and introduced that way of appreciation to you mm -hmm. so can your love languages change based off of i guess if the right person comes around i think absolutely um and positive versus ne negative experiences in that realm of that love language can definitely differ, but, uh, you know, it's, it was nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not opposed to that kind of stuff. Definitely something that would you would have to get used to it's not something that you're just introduced to off the bat and you like it automatically like i'm still what is what is it the giving gifts is still my least favorite 
love language right amongst all of them but i don't know if i meet a girl and maybe she can change my perspective on that but you know i think they can change though for sure in terms of my past relationships i would say a lot of them were very touchy people um like a couple of them in high school were pretty touchy and that was just like very foreign to me like it was embarrassing to be holding hands like embarrassing for me because it didn't feel like me not so much that i was mm. like expressing myself and my love for this other person it just didn't it wasn't me and it didn't feel genuine either so it's just like you know these people are coming around and this like means something to them but it just never meant something to me and i think i think you're right if like the right pe person comes around and you become proud of the kinds of appreciation that or like love that you want to express then mm -hmm. i think that could really change you to be someone better or someone different or rather just yourself so as much right. as like as much as my past relationships have taught me that like physical touch especially in like public spaces or or even in private sometimes it's just like it doesn't feel like me but i'm open to the idea that if someone were if the right person were to come around and and i felt like that was a way a method that i wanted to show appreciation then i think that would change me to to be that way but so far mm -hmm. i just haven't found someone like that oh interesting i maybe it's because i started dating i mean not even that late but late in comparison to most people i know um and since then it's been my only relationship so i i've had more time to mull on it rather than jump into something else but I don't know. I I don't know if you agree with the statement that your first genuine... Well, I don't want to say genuine, but... Uh, I'll say genuine for the sake of it, or real, in quotes, relationship is the one that changes you the most. First one. I don't know. I guess I just haven't looked at my past relationships like that. Like, I feel like there was iterations of me that had different interests in mind, and I needed some, def like, defining moments to figure out what I actually cared about. So, even though I was actively dating people, I was also actively defining myself and who I want. Um, mm. And so, in terms of, like, first love, like, I suppose my first college relationship was the best one that I had because despite all my like high school, middle school experiences, I would say my first college one was, was like a very accurate representation of, of a very filtered and narrowed list of qualities that I wanted in someone. And I found that person and, and more importantly, she found me because mm -hmm. <laughs> like out of all the people like, she knew the pool before I did because she was a year older than me in college. So she already had, like, some time to digest, like, who's all at the college to to figure out, you know, whose who's potential was the best fit for her. But it was a tremendous help that she already knew that and then chose me afterwards because, I mean, 
if she was the same age as me going into the college, there's there's a very high chance that she'd just be still exploring in the same way that I was. But but no, the way that she uh, she expressed herself really hit me as as someone who was a very high priority romantic interest. And so that ended up turning out pretty well. When we broke up, it was due to, um, it was a long distance relationship for about a year and a half. And it was taking a whole lot of like physical and mental toll on her because we would only see each other like maybe six times a year. Mm. So it was, it was rough. It's more rough on yeah. her than it was on me. So in, in terms of like, like that experience also taught me that like not everyone can handle a long distance relationship, but Absolutely. I have faith that I can. Okay. I don't think I could. <laughs> I don't think I could do it for very long, maybe. but I think I have the tolerance to hold out for, for like a year or two. I have a feeling it'll probably die out <laughs> like after probably it'll probably start deprecating after like a year but but I think if I there's could no help. perspective go ahead uh, or I was just gonna say like I think it's yeah it, it's only probably gonna last a year and then it's gonna start going downhill that was it if there's no perspective timeline would you end it then and there like like timeline to when you can start seeing each other regularly again would you, know, you end it before what's weird about that is that like there are people that i'm like consistently proud of and that hasn't changed and so would it make sense if i to me it didn't make sense to break up it made sense for her to break up with me and I, I guess in some way that means I also believe that it was it was better if we broke up. But but the fact that she was like having health issues related to a long distance relationship kind of meant that, well, if I had the best interest of her, then obviously I should break things apart because, you know, I don't want to be the, the causation of all her suffering. So, you know, maybe... The opportunity, the current opportunity isn't the best one for her. So if there's a better opportunity out there, then I, I think she should take it. And actually, I, I got to commend myself a little bit on stuff like that. Because I feel like, especially post high school, my relationships so far have been pretty mature. It's like a, for the most part, I feel like I'm proud of everyone that I dated, even though I'm single now, like I'm. I don't have any resentment towards any of them. I was always proud of them like departing from the relationship. I was proud of them going into the relationship and none of that has really changed. And I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of people out there just hold a huge amount of resentment towards the, the partner without having like some, <sighs> it's, it's not even maturity. I think it's just understanding that like mm -hmm. things weren't meant to be. I think that's just the, the whole perspective you should have coming out of a relationship. Um, like, yeah, it sucks if someone cheats on you, but, but the real indicator at the end of that is they weren't the right person for you. And on top of that, you weren't the right person for them. So, yeah, 
it's yeah, it's betrayal it's at its worst. <laughs> but at its worst for sure. But I mean, I'm, hey, like we're we're just all trying to figure out life together. So mm -hmm. definitely in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, I was resentful. I think it's just because I. How do I see this? I I was so caught up in being rejected. I was dumped. I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't the the dumper. But I was so caught up in the pain of the rejection, and you know, in my experience, she said things like she wanted to be friends or remain friends, and I think that's so hard because. She kind of put this on me that I should have that same expectation where for the longest time I didn't realize that that couldn't work coming from me. And it probably, I mean, she doesn't talk to me anymore, so she, it didn't work for her either, clearly. But for the longest time, I I was resentful towards her reasoning towards the breakup when I realized that her reason towards the breakup was also is also my reason for being hesitant towards pursuing another relationship today. So I think now I've let go of that resentment and, you know, it's easier when you're not angry all the time or, you know, stuck on the lack of closure. Yeah. What ended up changing that perspective or like the, the resentful of that to so I guess I think, this new new perspective I think time uh, over time I don't know you kind of get so you kind of get tired of thinking of a specific person in a certain light and I don't hate a lot of people I, I don't I can't even think of hating anyone right now but after the overblown weekends of crying over a failed relationship, you begin to realize you're tired of crying. And then your brain starts to see, oh, hey, here's this. It opens itself up to different perspectives. And I think that that moment of time right after your elevated sense of despair is really important because that's when you can do the most important reflection on past relationships. And I think that's where you can grow the most, not in the pain and not being resentful. I don't think those are very productive. Right. But pers um, prospectively, they can be very productive. I do agree. Should we shift over to... Are you ready to shift over to something else? I was going to say, I'm looking at the question, how do you market yourself? On the Q&A. And I'm willing to shift towards that. Okay. You want to go first or you want me to, to say something? I think I would ask you to expand on it. Because sure. I, I want to know what you mean more specifically. So in terms of like how do you market yourself is when you're thinking about 
like pursuing a romantic relationship and not so much like pursuing but like opening yourself up to the to the to the role of a romantic interest how would you go about marketing yourself if that's what you have in mind like there's some people out there who actively look for like dates or actively look for um to better or not so much better themselves but shed themselves in a light so that they have that they seem more attractive mm -hmm. uh, if if i'm thinking physically for the first part of this i would say find clothes that fit you the best because better fits man they can really do 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 a man justice or a woman justice by all means like um taking the time to expand your wardrobe <laughs> i know i'm a hypocrite when i say this because my closet is mostly just gray and black and white but color is good find your color find your you know a lot of bigger guys like me tend to wear more baggy clothing because well i'll give you this it's comfortable but at the same time, finding something that isn't too loose and doesn't over-exaggerate your your belly, you know, right? Definitely a step in the right direction. Better fits. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I I guess I don't necessarily have a direct answer for that question in terms of like on the same level of how do you. How do you make yourself like the most attractive you can possibly be? Um, and in terms of like trying to find a date or trying to find like a romantic partner, I think the better perspective on that is how do I advertise myself to a point where I'm proud of myself? And mm. I, for some odd reason, that's like how my past experiences have contributed to that mindset because most of the people that approach me with romantic interests don't, I mean, it doesn't happen anymore, but like in the past it has, it was just, I was being myself. And in terms of like marketability, I wasn't doing much other than I just did things that I wanted to do. And other people appreciated that. Um, and it wasn't so much that they like introduced themselves to me or rather it wasn't that I introduced myself to them. It was that they introduced themselves to me um, because I was never really paying attention to them at the time. But, and I, I guess this is one of the questions in the future, but like if one person is willing to engage in, in that passionate, like, um, or re rather open up about their, their passions towards someone else. Like, and I'm always stuck in the role of just being on the receiving end of that and never doing the, the other role. Like what kind of power dynamic would that set up? And we can get to that later, but um, yeah, in terms of, I don't know. I, I would say a lot of people found me like physically attractive I would say a lot of them found me like my personality attractive and it wasn't ever me like thinking about romantic interests when I was working on myself. 
I think I just worked on myself to work on myself and be who I was because I wanted to be who I was. And I don't know. I, I think that's drawn like the most attraction or a most attention in that light to people. Yeah. I think it, it's interesting because when you're, and this goes not just for dating in general or first dates in general, but also when you meet new people, um, a lot of the times if you're kind of in the realm of a people pleaser, you tend to lose yourself, your own personality a lot. And this goes for a lot of first dates too. A lot of people will alter their personality ever so slightly, or even to big extents just to see what sticks. And I think it's good to consciously keep a track of how much of yourself you're being because at the end of the day, you want to end up with a person that's the most interested in the purest version of you. So yeah, right. absolutely. Be yourself. Right. Don't, don't, if someone doesn't find you interesting, it's not because you're not interesting. I think that's just because they can't relate to you on a, on a level with your personality traits. Yeah. I think, I think if you like put on a, um, I guess a mask, and that's how you're advertising yourself and people like you for your mask, then I think you're setting yourself up for a whole lot of trouble in the future because not being yourself is going to be tiring. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. In terms of like marketing yourself, I think you just need to be who you are. And that's not to say that you should make active changes to make yourself more attractive, but I think... If you want to make a change because you want that change to happen for you and you're getting more like romantic attention because of that, then I think that's the, probably the best way of going about it. Otherwise, I mean, people will still find you attractive no matter what you do or find like aspects of you attractive. And the ones that will end up being romantic interests are the ones who find the complete you the most attractive in comparison to everyone else. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, um, for the longest time I was trying to lose weight over like the past five years. I ended up, I was like, I was pretty fit through most of high school for most of my life, actually, except for like, at, like elementary school, I was kind of chubby. Um, but I worked on it and like swimming did wonders for me. And I ended up looking pretty good. I would say through most of middle school and high school. Um, and then I added like a bunch of weight over college because my eating habits are unhinged. To Freshman say. <laughs> 15. Woo. Uh, I kind of wonder if like that was actually how much weight I, I even gained. I, I worry that it was more than that. I, I think it was more personally. It was more <laughs> for you or for me. For me, for me. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I couldn't tell. Like, I, I kind of want to say it was probably around like 10 or 15, but it was, it was bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like being an athlete through most of my life, it's just, I never had to worry about like how much I ate because I, I would always burn it off. And so I, I would say part of like this, these last five, six years, has just been me trying to figure out 
what I care about more. Do I care about food more? Like, like my past self has always liked, or do I actually think about, or do I care more that I look like a fat fuck? <laughs> and so, um, food is so good though. Food is so Jeez. good. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think, Dangerous. I think as of this year, I've put down the idea that like food is, is I can sacrifice food to be the person that I want to be. And I think the best me is being fit and not like for the longest time, I always credited like my, my appearance as the reason why I never got like dates past, uh, past like college or the college phase. And part of that was true. I feel like, but the more important part of that was that I just wasn't being myself. I feel like. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm kind of going back to this mantra of, well, being myself is, is what draws romantic attention to me. So I think I just need to pursue that. And as much as I like food, I, I think there's been a shift in, in my own person to say that like, I like being fit more. So mm-hmm. hopefully by the end of the year, I'm like returning back to, to a decent weight. Um, but yeah, as of as of right now, it's about like thirty pounds lighter than what I was at the beginning. Except for when we went to eight, <laughs> we went to eat at um, a place in Seattle, which had like lamb, beef, and over fries. Oh. And dear lord, I ate that whole Ick. thing that one night, and I, I, I was Wait, you, dying. You ate it the same night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I ate what half feat, of it, right, bro? Dude, yeah. I felt like shit. The pat. <laughs> the past like two days i swear to god yesterday i took some apple cider vinegar just to try and like cleanse myself of that that crap and oh my god. the day after eating that i was like four pounds heavier <laughs> than what oh, my, yeah. my normal weight was so it was like they oh, loaded shit. up bro <laughs> but yeah i don't know I, I think i just need to work on like i don't go out often and when I do, I usually overeat. So I think mm. I just need to manage. I, I've done a really good job of managing my own my own eating habits like at home, which I think is like the most stress-free environment I can be in. But when I'm in like more stressful environments, I tend to overeat or rather okay. just not pay attention to my intake. Complete tangent, sorry. but No, that's totally fine. I think every couple months you should allot yourself a cheat day just like one day that like it's okay as long as it doesn't encourage you to fall further like like when we went out to eat that was to me that was kind of a cheat day but i also limited myself like the day uh the morning before i didn't really eat much so yeah call chief (sighs) but yeah i think being yourself is the best way to market yourself absolutely and someone's going to appreciate you for who you are. What What's sad is that it's it's almost a miracle. It takes a miracle to find someone who does appreciate you in that way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like finding that person is is very hard and discouraging to to think about. Because, I mean, there's a timeline to how marketable you are as like a single... single person (laughs) so 
you know, you, ideally you'd be hoping to like make a fan or like build a family or I don't know, just have someone to be with sooner than later because everyone likes companionship, right? Right. Anyways. Um, should you put effort in marketing yourself? So in terms of that question and the, the way that I think about it, should you put effort in, in being who you are? And I, I think, yeah, I think you're the most attractive when you are, when you're proud of who you are. And I mm -hmm. think if you're being yourself, you can be as proud as you can be. So I, I think there's some linear correlation with that. I would actively pursue that. That's my answer to that. I, I don't know if you had it. No, I absolutely agree. I think there. I don't think people should stay stagnant. I think an effort to be your the truest version of yourself. There is an effort to that. There's not. It's it's maintaining like like you said. If if that version of yourself is someone who wants to lose weight. You have to, you can't let it slip. You can't just lose the weight and stay there. You'll, and then like stop, right? You got to keep working out. You got to keep learning about your own body. You got to, same thing with your mind. You got to, you know, keep tabs on where you're at and how far that is from the best version of yourself or close it is from the best version of yourself. Right. So it takes effort to stay there and maintain. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of want to go to this question of what advice would you give to someone who doesn't think they're ready to date yet? And, I don't know. From from my own perspective, I felt like I was always ready because I saw, like, some value in me that... Or rather, I believed in the other person when they saw the value in me, and I just went with it. So, that to me, there was mm. never a... There was never a condition for when I wasn't ready to date other than who likes me and who doesn't. <laughs> or rather, sure. if someone likes me, then I'm probably ready to date. But I didn't know if you had okay. insight on that. Come on, man. You know me. You know I'm on the opposite spectrum. <laughs> but <laughs> I never think I'm ready. <laughs> what would take that to change? Or what would it take think, to change that? I think there's a lot. I think I am so far, like like you said, from the best version of myself that I don't feel like I should share that with someone else. And also piggybacking on that, I think... I don't think it would be dangerous for me to be with someone, but I don't think it would be a benefit for someone to be with me. Because my... Because I still have a lot of physical and mental struggles to work through. So... I feel like... You know... When would you be ready? It's just not good for me. I think when i'm in a pl a better place for sure like uh but how far summer, along a better place uh, do you need to be i think that's entirely dependent on the person 
um for me personally it's like over this summer i want to start um looking for a therapist just to help organize my thoughts and help me work through some of the trauma that's happened over the past two years so it's it's difficult to measure because it's a person by person basis but you know it could be three months it could be three years so being on the opposite side of that spectrum oh yeah sorry um no yeah i finished my thought go ahead just being on the opposite side of that spectrum, how do you support someone who is in that mentality that they that they don't feel like they're ready to date? And how do you know when? Should you be pushing the idea that they are? So I feel like that's something that, that the <laughs> friend group did back at the time when when there was indicators for you in that in the recent case, or rather the relationship case for you. And I, I guess I wasn't really sure if that was the right move for for us to do. To make oh, that's that right. Push. I remember you guys doing that, giving me a good old tough love pep talk. <laughs> um, uh, at some point, I think if, say you're talking to your friend, I'm, I'm putting myself in your shoes. If you're talking to your friend and there's just so much resilience that you can't get through to them, I think you just have to let it be. But I think the conversation we had way back when, I think you guys were making leeway towards getting me out of my own head. So you were able to convince me. And I think I asked her out the day after you guys did that. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. Um, I say as a friend, just be as supportive as you can because at the end of the day you're the one who's making the decision whether or not to get out there or not and it shouldn't feel like peer pressure it should feel like um it should feel more natural it yeah like it from your friends maybe it might feel more like encouragement rather than peer pressure. And there's a fine line between those two, so I would be careful there. But Sorry, I feel like I lost the question. No, I, I think that was good. Someone who doesn't think they're ready to date yet. I mean, my, my tangent <laughs> off of that was how do you support someone who's ready to, or who doesn't think that they're ready to date? You support someone, yeah. I think... Even if they don't think they're ready to date, I think you should support them on the journey that they're trying to make to better themselves to be in a place where they're ready to date. So, rather than supporting someone who doesn't think they're ready to date yet, support them in becoming the best version of themselves. And maybe that'll lead to something, another direction, like being able to date. So I feel like there's there's been cases where where people don't think that they're ready to date yet but they're <sighs> but they're overlooking i, I don't know I, I feel like there's like communication is just so communication in general is just so complex and it's just hard to understand how other people operate but i feel like 
it's one thing to say that you're not ready for a relationship yet, but like there's other aspects of or other perspectives that you have that say that like a relationship would be really good for you. And I feel like mm-hmm. there's a separation between the two and it's hard to manage which one comes before or not so much comes before, but rather how do you rank order those values that you understand about the other person? And I guess, how do you make that decision for them? But I, I guess it, it just be dependent on what kind of values that you see in the other person. And then you would have to make the decision based on your understanding of those values, your understanding of how the other person operates. And I, I guess it's just more of a complex question than, than it than what the, mm-hmm. the prompt is really asking, but uh, I don't know how to say this. I, at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's entirely up to them. And at some point, you know, you always try to find what's good for your friends. And at some point, you can't like make their decisions for them even though it might be good for them it's it's interesting because a relationship can be good for you but it may not entirely be what you need right maybe right now maybe that that that's what i'm thinking for myself too so right okay yeah I'm ready to move on to a different topic. That actually took a lot of time. Holy. Oh, absolutely. We tangented. We went on tangents a few times. Yeah. <laughs> How it be, though? Um, I think it provided context for where we're at, too. Right, I'm like, right. I'm trying to think of myself. I'm like, I'm offering advice, but I'm not a guru. Take everything I, I say with a grain of salt. Like, There's only so much knowledge I have versus how much value is in my advice it's so yeah same thing for me <laughs> no you have way more perspective than i do dude what are well you i don't know I, I think you have <laughs> i don't know i think everyone has equal perspective on on okay that's not true i, I think people have <laughs> as much to bring to the table four months and i dated them for a month I, I don't know. I see it more as like a binary thing, which is like, I think if you have something to say, I think everyone has something to say about something. And sure. Okay. There's, there's and perspective in that. Yeah. Regardless of how much or the quantity of, of that perspective there is to it. It's the fact that you have something. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want to hit another one or if you actually just want to call it there and then just do like some of these at a different time. I was curious on how long talking about dating apps would take. Um, uh, I actually don't know. I, I, we I talk feel about like I could, a, a I could say private. something short. Yeah, we talk about it a lot. I feel like I could shorten it. I could, I think we could knock out the rest. Uh, I think the one, the question finding the one might be. Maybe I would like to explore that for another the most. time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, do, do you want to do it now? Um, we can do it at Let's another time, actually. Okay. And then we could just hit like the rest of them on the list. That sounds good. 
yeah, I think these other ones should be fairly quicker than <laughs> being able to market yourself. What is it like to be in love? Like, oh, that's a big question, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we've both tried, like, dating apps for a while. And I, I guess maybe more so me than, than everyone else <laughs> in, in the group. Mm -hmm. But... Um, I don't know. I, I think I already said my piece in the last podcast that it's like it's it's a it's a rigged game and it benefits like a specific set of people and then there's like the majority who just don't benefit at all. And I think that goes both for That's both ways. Yeah, it's both ways. And I, I think girls get like a different perspective on that. Whereas like I mean the top still get a lot of attention, probably from a majority of guys, but then you have like some girls who aren't necessarily as attractive as or don't have like the same qualities as some of the 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 people at the top and they're they're still getting attention but it's not like I don't know. It's cuz there's more guys on the app. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from a from a woman's perspective, like things could all, your pool the pool that finds you attractive could always be bigger. And you know that somebody else, some other woman has like a bigger pool of guys who find them interesting than you do. So like in some ways, like the guy, the guy's dynamic and the, the woman's dynamic is pretty similar. It's that like, there's a huge difference between the average looking and then the top the looking top 20. Eight, eight to tens and above. Yeah, in personality and attractiveness. Right, and right. I mean, both of us are pretty average looking. I, I would say. I mean, yep. I mean, my past experiences kind of say otherwise, but I think with the new weight gain, it's just not been that great, <laughs> or that's mm -hmm. put me at like the average level. And I, I don't think I have potential to be at the top level either. But same. I think I could definitely be higher than what I than what i am now because we're not six feet tall man that's true that's true <laughs> what about standards anyways like i feel like standards are just so i'll stop there oh. because i think i think that <laughs> It's a frustrating know, my, my first, topic, that's for sure. Yeah, my first response is is that I'm just not them, so therefore I can't really say anything because that's not how I would conduct my requirements for a romantic interest. Okay. I I definitely have friends that are more attractive than me by a good margin, and I... Considering that they, them and I have around the same level of uh, standards or expectations, I think, and the, the fact that they don't have that much more success than I did on dating apps, I think it is, is a good measurement of where we're at. Because, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's competing for the top 20% of good-looking people. And there are more guys than girls, so at the same time, I think it's it's dangerous because I don't think your average guy 
has many opportunities on on an app like that, like matches, responses, you know, even messages back, like responses. Um, they don't have as many opportunities as the average girl, whereas the average girl will have more opportunities. But there's also, <laughs> I'm not generalizing, but there's I'm sure a lot of really shallow guys on the app, and they have to filter through that. So. A double detriment to, bro- to both right. parties like there's challenges to both sides and i guess i gotta preference preface my own perspectives on like the woman's side of things with i actually don't really know i mean i could theorize that there's more guys on the apps than 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 women but i think you have an, an actual insider like female perspective from from your own network um what was it your sister was trying dating apps for mm-hmm. for a while and so but my sister's pretty too like i don't <laughs> i don't know where i ended up but <laughs> my sister is okay to provide some context my sister is the polar opposite of me she is very outgoing very social very nice very approachable too and i think that's a big one especially i think that's something that can translate in dating apps and I'm the exact opposite of all of those things. Some of them you could argue, but in general, I'm the opposite of her younger sister. Um, she told me she downloaded, I think, Bumble and Hinge. She didn't want... Tinder has this unsaid uh, reputation of being a, hook, a hookup app, in quotes. Like, some people there are pursuing a relationship, but in general... Most people want something more shallow than that, so she didn't download that, but as far as I know, she got a lot of matches on Bumble and Hinge, and I think Bumble's a good outlet for her because she's very social, so she can open up with the first message, but even then, she she told me she was reciprocated with a lot of guys that just wanted to hook up, and... That's a perspective that I could see that can be very discouraging for people who want to pursue a relationship, like you and I, when we were on the dating right. apps. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't want to make a generalized conclusion, but from the people I know, the women I know that have used the apps versus the guys I know that have used the apps, women have more opportunities, but have to filter through more of the BS guys got to either lower your standards or <laughs> uh, just maybe stick it out till the right one comes along. I deleted the apps. I haven't re-downloaded them since, so I can't really say anything about sticking it out. But Right. I mean, okay, for me, it's... At one point in time, I was just reminded by, from what you said about, like, how women have to deal with a bunch of bullshit with guys trying to, like, who aren't genuinely looking for relationships, but are looking for, like, some pretty quick, like, sexual, um, sexual relief. And so, I don't know, at one point in time, I was very resentful during my 
dating app phases because I felt like my competition was ruining it for me. And they kind of are, but but that's definitely out of my control. And it's mm-hmm. it was like, really, you should be seeing that as an opportunity to be better than who you are or to be better than the rest of the, the people out there. It should be a challenge to make you find a creative way to to stand out amongst all like the crap. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. um, I, I think I did try and do that. And like, despite all those efforts, like it just really wasn't worth it. Uh, or rather I wasn't getting like any payout from it either. And yeah, maybe I should have tried on like different dating apps to figure out who was, um, or rather like the dynamics a little better because like Bumble, for example, has probably has like less hookup, um, culture or stigma around it, uh, mm-hmm. versus like Tinder. Um, right now I'm like on this dating app called Kippo and what I've really liked about this one is that it's localized to an interest to like a very central interest of mine. And I think from what I've been able to tell, it's been like a very, um, it's a, it's a dominating hobby that I have. And I was thinking that somebody else should also have as who should find like gaming as dominating as a hobby as, as myself. And I I think having someone who's equally passionate about like gaming is going to be a quality in my future, like long lasting relationship or, or wife. Um, <clears throat> but no, I, I, Kippo's like a, 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 well, it's a dating app for gamers and that's what they market themselves as. But you can also find like a bunch of, a uh, bunch of friends on there as well. And so I've been using it for a while uh, I found like a couple, I found like really great people across North America, but, but, you know, as far as like an actual dateable person, someone that has like the valid conditions of, of being in the area and someone who's like as dedicated to gaming as I am, that's, it's been hard, even though like, but I think like the model of like localizing interests on for like a dating scene or like a dating app is a good way of going about it. Cause there's some hope that, well, <sighs> what I always felt like with like the current dating apps or the current dating app pool is that like, it can be from anyone and you always feel like a minority if you don't have, well, you know, if you don't have like the conventional like interests that a lot of people do, like, here in Washington, we like hiking a lot. Or rather, that's like something that a lot of people talk about on dating apps from what I've seen on the profiles. But like hiking's one of them. And you just get like a bunch of lit or like a bunch of other interests that people have. And you never really find someone who's, who's intersection. Well, rather, yeah. You just have like commonality on interests as you do. And so it's hard to find people like that on those generic dating apps. So, mm-hmm. I also think the general stigma of being an outgoing person will benefit you more than being an indoor, stay-at-home kind of person, which is us, right. too. So, uh, that's not really something that's indicative towards the value of a person, but I think more people just, maybe culture has 
hinted in that direction that that's what you should value. Right. That's a whole different conversation, but I know at one point I kind of took like the feedback that I was getting from these dating apps in terms of like who was liking me and who wasn't. And I really saw myself as just unfit for being a romantic interest after that. And like dating apps really do hit it hard on you that like, there's a lot of people out there who don't find you attractive and you have to (laughs) sift through that, that reality and come to a, like a conclusion from that. And I feel like a lot of people, well, rather I was a casualty of it that if I don't have any romantic value, then (laughs) what am I doing looking for a relationship? But that that's not what dating apps are telling you at all. It's that like in the in the very instance at this point in time with this pool with who's on the app, you're not found necessarily attractive. And it's not even to the entirety of, of who's on the pool in the app. It's just like whoever's swiping on that day or of that month. And it's just like it's timeless and the pool is is always growing. It's always shrinking. It's like you need to be so lucky to find someone who's it takes a miracle to really find someone on like on dating apps like that. If you're average looking person. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I guess pretty. even as like a as a really good looking person, too, because you don't know who's right for you. But you have a lot of people who are willing to advertise themselves that they like you, mm-hmm. and that rather, and that they like you. So I don't know. Like dating people's hard. Finding someone who's the right fit is is even harder. But it's a lesson that you learn when you're on dating apps. So it's not a <laughs> download. Where's my girlfriend? Store like it's not. <laughs> it's so far from that but yeah it's i don't know you could try everything too if you're an average looking dude i just don't think it's catered to average looking people right i think they're just there to boost the numbers on people who's on the app that's all like i tried everything like better fits better picks I think I varied my bio several times, got advice from people who were doing well with the dating apps too. But I slowly realized I have different uh, expectations of my prospective partner than they do. So it didn't translate well towards finding someone that I wanted to find. Right. So I just had to cut my losses and delete the app, honestly. <laughs> Over the span of a year too, like you'd think some level of success, even one date, just somewhere. Maybe, but not. Not even a response. But dating apps are hard. Eh. Yeah, they're hard. I... <laughs> we didn't. Okay, none of these questions are actually offering advice towards being successful in dating apps. I think that's just the nature of how dating apps are. Or rather, but, my perspective of it, <laughs> but right, right. I generated the questions, so if there's something you wanted to talk about, you can go for it. But I like that you touch on a more localized commonality slash area of interest to make dating apps in general better, because 
from my time when I was on Tinder, it would just be bios would generally just be Netflix and chill. I love traveling. I love the outdoors. I love. It's food. like I'm a food. I love food. <laughs> and at some point, I'm like, wait. I would love to travel. I love food. These are all so. I love the office. Oh my god, that's such a big one. I'm like, don't most people love the office? I love the office, but I'm not. Like, there's so much non-specific information in your bio. Like, actually tell me about yourself more so than. generic buzzwords but at the same but that's when i realized it was a more shallow app than i initially thought yeah so and people i don't know in terms of like going back to the topic of how do you market yourself like how do you market yourself on a on a dating app like that and i guess some people get away with just something very shallow on the bio yeah. and if you're good really, looking enough man yeah yeah and just rely on your pictures to to get you the kinds of attention that you want Right. I mean, as a guy, that doesn't work, unless if you're very attractive looking. But and I don't know. And in terms of looking guy, like, <laughs> yeah. In terms of expression, though, I find writing a bio like to be one of the top priorities there. Like, it's not so much about my pictures. I mean, I have a couple pictures on on there, but but like for the most part, you're gonna identify me from the rest of the competition through what I say in my bio. And so I've spent a lot of time like on there. And, you know, sometimes I would write, like, really resentful <laughs> ideas and look like a piece <laughs> of shit. But there'd be other times where, I don't know, I'd, I'd say something genuine. And, um, I don't know, I, th I think that worked a couple times, but not every time. So, but yeah, people don't really take bios very seriously unless if they have a, like, unless if they find pride in doing so. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just something that people just express themselves differently from is my gathering of what that is. Yeah. The biggest issue with dating apps is the disconnect from actual in-person conversation. And I think that disconnect is so big and it's hard because God, I'm going to sound like a boomer here, but like I can't, the reason I deleted it is I can't find value in a dating experience with someone I can't see face-to-face -face immediately, which is why I would rather meet someone, like the question you say here, other means of finding dates. Uh, I would rather meet someone in person just to like even get to know them beforehand and then maybe ask them out rather than just text conversation. You miss so many tonal changes, inflections in someone's voice, emotions that you don't even really, really get to know them until you're in person. Right, so. right. How would you... So I know I have two listed on here. Is there, like, any other methods that you would, you would, I guess, consider as, like, possible ways to finding new dates? The two on here, by the way, because the podcast can't see, <laughs> or the YouTube video can't see, is traditional speed dating is one of them and um using your network as a method to finding dates i didn't know if you 
had another one in mind. But I would say like most like traditional speed dating is what you would see from I don't know like movies and such like it, I'm sure there's Have you gone that's speed still, dating? No, I've I've never gone speed dating. Okay, I'm just curious. I don't know if I'm willing if to try either. I think I would be too afraid to also. It's like I feel like it would be just like Tinder but IRL. Actually <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like that's my thought you of it. You sit down and she's like, "Nope, swipe left." Bye. Yeah. Like, "Oh, shit." Shit, dude. <laughs> I don't but, know, maybe it could be better because like uh I don't know. I'm not the one that's going to dip their toes in the water first in our friend group. No no way. <laughs> I suppose I'll give it a try then. Maybe one I day. would be curious as to what you think. I I know some people go together too for emotional support. So right. maybe maybe I'll like show up and just be there. <laughs> but... Just sit behind me. <laughs> <laughs> what if you could have a wingman speed dating where everyone has like someone behind them? You know what's weird? My mom was telling me this like a couple years ago, but she she said that there's like a a dating event where where you have one of your when you have like a spokesperson speak up about you and like advertise you from from a third person perspective oh god and that's that's how you like advertise yourself instead of doing like the conventional dating app bio and pictures and so you know you have someone else talk to talk about you and and how great you are and i think someone I, I, there's just like people from the audience who are listening and making their own personal decisions based off of what they hear. Personally, I think that's a really good way of doing it because, I mean, you're always going to be biased towards yourself and other people out there are going to have the perspective that, I don't know, that that another person would have about you. And I, I would say, like, most of the time that's usually more accurate than you describing yourself anyways. So... Mm -hmm. And it's it's really great. Well, I think it's also indicative of how passionate other people can be about you. And, you know, I, I think that's pretty cool that someone else would be, like, as passionate. Well, would be passionate about me to a level where they would advertise me on a roman- as a romantic interest. For sure. I think... I would do that for you, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, this also kind of leans into your own growing network. Like, if you have a party, I know COVID's winding down, you have a party, and all your friends are there, like, (laughs) I can't talk myself up at all, but I'll talk my friends up to the max all fucking day long. So, I, yeah. We got some good wingmen in our friend group, so I think <laughs> this sounds so wild, but like get to know the friends and then through the friends get to know that person maybe to a better and more unbiased perspective than that person themselves. Right. And then form your own opinion about whether or not they're interesting. Yeah. I, I can't think of any other means right now. It's literally just I'm not even really making an effort towards it. I'm just some days I'm down to meet new people. Some days I'm not. It's just a byproduct of being introverted. But 
as for now, like any other possible path of finding a prospective partner, I would have to meet them in person. And that's just how it is. Right. Yeah. I was going to explain another point on your growing network in, in terms of finding dates. I would say like most of my past relationships started because, I mean, the the person that I was in a relationship with started out as someone in the circle. So like I, I have some, I mean, in swimming, I had a romantic relationship with, with someone because of my swimming circle. I had someone in my academic circle that wanted to date me. I had someone at the same college, the same honors program, the same like group in terms of like social group at, at like a outing together. And then someone like in the future, like this is years after I stopped swimming for, for a club, but this person like re, reached out to me again like maybe six years later and we went on I don't know it turned into something too so it's like all these romantic interests are kind of timeless in terms of you made the impression on them at one point in your life and they will remember you well I don't know they can remember you and depending on what their romantic interest lies in or like what qualities they're looking for in a romantic partner. They can see you in that light if you, if they, if you're memorable to them. And so I, I feel like your network is, is definitely a strong place to find people that you're interested in. You're, you're not going to get as many. <laughs> uh, oh, well, if you're an average guy, yes. I was going to say, if you're a good-looking guy, you're not going to get as many hits only relying on only relying on your own network unless you got a big network of friends. But right. It's also probably just in general a more reliable way to find people that you vibe with. So, right. Yeah. I mean, there's this last point of polyamorous and monogamous relationships. I don't know if this... If there was anything you wanted to say on that, I guess I don't have too much to say other than, you know, I kind of know that polyamorous is not for me. <laughs> that's, Same. That's like, oh, yeah. I don't know. But like, I know it definitely works for some people. Right. Yeah. I mean, my, I don't know, one of my, one of my exes was, I think she was leaning more poly than I was. But I wasn't, like, upset that she was interested in other people. Because I could understand that she was also interested in me. Did that deteriorate the relationship at all? It might have. But she was also bisexual. So, <laughs> like, the, the other people she was interested in, too. I were, think that's were a trend, women. though, for sure. Yeah. So. Like, I know, I, I remember some people in high school being bisexual and being in relationships where they found one of one of them was really interesting she was a she went to Inglemore and she was on the she was in our like general like kind of stem circle of friends and 
I know she dated someone in that friend group. She was not physically attracted to him, but she was very emotionally and mentally attracted to his, you know, his mind, like, and his personality by a lot. But she was very phys- more physically attracted to women. So, interesting. I could I could see polyamory kind of working in that light where maybe an aspect of someone you really really enjoy fulfills a certain role in your life whereas another aspect was a different role like i said not for me i want that all in one person but yeah i could see some people definitely finding the best in other people and you know if it works it works and there's no complications by all means is it is there a difference between one person in a monogamous relationship being polyamorous with other people and and only having that one, like in my case, for example, I, I wasn't interested in dating any of the other women that she wanted to, you know, have interests with, but I was okay with her exploring that if she wanted to. I would consider you non-monogamous then, if that's the case. I see. For sure. Like if you're cool with that, yeah, Absolutely. I, I wouldn't consider that monogamy anymore at that point. If you, while you were guys were still in a relationship, willing to let her explore that. I think that counts, right? <laughs> right? I guess, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't have... I, there's this whole other topic of how to tell when the person is the one, but... I, f- I figure we'll just save that for a different time like we talked about before. I, n- I know we're kind of approaching the 5.30 mark. I'm very That's surprised we got through <laughs> a lot of the Q&A at that sort of pace. Like, Bro, what? Oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Cause we started I kind of at... rushed the little, the little parts. We've had like four-hour conversations about this stuff before. So. This is true. This is true. I just thought, I just thought like the introductory inter- introductory segments would take a lot longer but now this q a took extremely long like over mm-hmm. about pretty close to like an hour and 15 so anyhow i figure yeah. we'll just call it here but thanks cool. for coming on i mean hopefully no, yeah. hopefully our other friends will, will come up here too but um it's it's all just based on when you guys want to come up so for sure yeah. It's not like anyone's necessarily listening other than <laughs> one of the other speakers <laughs> that's in here. <laughs> but, I see you, audience member. <laughs> well, he'll be, whenever he's ready, he'll join up. But, <laughs> and he oh, just he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. Um, in terms of, like, I guess, future podcast, I don't, e- I don't even know if we'll hit the next point in the next one. Or if that'll be something that we it talk about in a, a future one. theme over. Yeah, I'll have to figure out what other topics weeks. that I want to talk about as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I have some in mind, but it's like, I don't know if you're planning on coming up here like every Sunday or if, if it's just whenever you feel like you want to be up here. I I'm okay with going solo. More, more loose, but something I wanted to I wanted to talk about maybe. I don't know if there's a movie we all want to see and then we could all talk about it on the podcast, like a movie review. I think that would be fun. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think other things 
music is always fun to talk to, but I don't know how much, how in depth we can actually explore that. But that's just my personal interest. I mean, part of the podcast is that you can talk about whatever you want. I mean, right. I think I think it's pretty clear that all of us have different interests and. We have like varying depths of how we want to explore those interests, and unfortunately, it's not all at the same depth. But, but at the same time, that doesn't really matter. I don't. I don't think that necessarily matters. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone has like something as small as it may seem to them. It's, they should have some like level of insight to bring to the table. But yeah. Anyhow. Um, terms of podcast oh, things go i guess i'll just close this up as we're approaching 5 30 but um i've been trying to think of a way to split this between youtube and twitch and i don't know if that's going to be more intensive on like upload uh yeah of, like my upload bandwidth so i don't know i'll have to explore that a little bit more I think it'd probably better be better if I had more than just a healthy dialogue image <laughs> of the of the the logo for the Discord in terms of like content that's being streamed. So I don't know. I'll have to think of something better than that. But but yeah, mm. I don't know. I, I figure I'll just close this now because I also got to take like a real bad piss. Jesus. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, anything else you wanted to say? Uh, I think we'll just close this out. No, yeah, I think we're good. Uh, I would say it's... It might be helpful to label... You know how they have the timestamps on the YouTube videos? Right, right. I, don't I was know thinking about doing that for, for this one. Yeah. Yeah, for this one, it might be good. For this one in particular, I want to do that because I, th- I think segmenting the... This longer one especially is probably the best way, so... For sure. Yeah, that'll that'll be updated for that. But anyways, I think we'll be done and cool. I guess I'll have some some plans in the future. Uh, I don't know if that'll come out like Friday or next Saturday, but it'll be there. Anyways, sick. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>